0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 450. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rachel. Hey, Kevin.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It's going pretty well. Can't complain. This week on the show, we begin our coverage of Montreal's Fantasia Festival with two reviews. we got the Dutch folk horror film Moloch and the South Korean action film The Roundup. Also be going over someone watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, BUD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes. Get a moment. It'd be very helpful. New save by the 90s. We are recording it this week. I can tell you the topic. Alien invasion. Yes. We took a yes. cue from our conversation on the podcast uh was it last week it was like last week or the week before when you saw fire in the sky and we talked about it and then uh ken messaged me and was like dude let's just do that like perfect perfect topic so we we did it and F- fire in the sky is one of those movies
1: oh, I'm looking forward to that. yeah
0: I, I watched it i watched it yesterday so i am ready to talk about it nice first time since i was nine or ten or whenever it came out and gave me an horrible nightmare so
1: <laughs> i can see that
0: <laughs> so here we go very excited about that it's gonna be a good conversation i think we picked two dramas and two comedies so i'll go ahead and just reveal the lineup now it's fire in the sky the puppet masters mars attacks and galaxy quest
1: nice i like that
0: it's a it's a really solid lineup I never saw The Puppet Masters. I remember always seeing trailers for it when I was a kid and thinking that it looked really boring. But, yeah, this, so that's a first-time watch for me. Anyway, uh, which which title did you want to jump into first?
1: Yeah, you hit me. Hit
0: me. All right, well, I cuss. saw... Uh, but let's just... Actually, let's do Moloch first, because I, I don't think I have much to say about it, honestly. Uh, this right. is directed by Nico Vandenbr- Vandenbrick, uh, B- I have a synopsis here. Beatrik Beatrik lives at the edge of a peat bog in the north of the Netherlands. When she and her family are attacked by a random stranger one night, Beatrik sets out to find an explanation. The more she digs, the more she becomes convinced that she is being haunted by something ancient. Oh, no. Look out. So what we have here is another full car. Got some more full car going on. Before we get into this, I will say that that uh, Shutter picked this one up. So it will be coming out very soon on Shutter. It, but it did premiere at Fantasia. So, Kevin, we'll start with you. What were your initial impressions of Moloch?
1: Uh, this I think suffers from the same thing that uh, a lot of Uh, contemporary horror films suffer from is that there's just not a whole lot going on for much of the duration of this film now uh, thankfully it is like 99 minutes it's not not long so they, they didn't go the full bloat route and make it you know like a little over two hours or just under two hours so they do keep it relatively short but the real field time is still akin to two hours long it felt yeah. like to me it's yeah it's and, a bit of a slow burn yeah and i don't know i find it like the the folklore aspect of it the this this deity named moloch that's like the i guess like the the pagan god of child sacrifice mm-hmm. uh I did find that relatively interesting and I thought they did a pretty good job in terms of kind of keeping that, you know, the, the everything that's happening and the reasonings why, uh, kind of keeping that under wraps and slowly giving you the information throughout. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them kudos for that. But at the same time, it just felt like a lot of the time for this movie, not a whole lot was happening.
0: No, unfortunately, not. There is a bit of an information dump at one point when they start getting into. There's one scene. Okay, so to, to so to set the stage here, there's a team of researchers that that enter the town because they find this uh, woman, dead woman in the bog, and it's a very very old. So it's like a team of scientists that are researching this, and they start to find more bodies of women from like different generations. And there's yep. this one scene when one of the researchers basically just goes to Wikipedia and just reads out yeah. the whole the whole uh, legend or whatever. So there is a little bit of a, an information dump at that at that point, but I do agree with you that that I do think that they parse out the specifically the connection to the 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 family at the center of this yes. and and yes. the the legend. I think they do a good job of kind of, um, you know, give, not giving us that connection right away and just kind of doling that out at a at a pretty even pace. So there is that kind of mystery aspect of it that I think, for the most part, it kept me engaged. For me, I guess, the only thing that I really have to say about it is that it just felt very much the same as a lot of these other full car movies that we've been seeing as of late like they yeah. all they all feel like kind of like hereditary like they're all kind yeah. of pulling in from similar themes.
1: Yeah, and I think the 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 biggest thing that's a disappointment is you're right, it does feel very similar to those and it's very similar in terms of like atmosphere lighting. Like that kind of like visually speaking, it's mm-hmm. just kind of the same. The one thing that I did like about this movie that was I guess slightly different is that the majority of the people that actually live in the town, they were just like day one, like, oh yeah, the bog, you know? The the bog whispers. Yeah, yeah. It makes you do stuff. And they were kind of like just all in agreement, like, oh yeah, that's that's what's happening. There wasn't <laughs> any of this like, oh, is someone is this person actually mentally ill? Are these things actually happening? Are they just doing stuff? You know, it was none of that. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, the bog whispers at you, yeah, and it makes you do shit. It's fucked up, man. Yeah, thankfully and the scientists was... are the ones <laughs> are the like what? What, really. Yeah,
0: thankfully there was not a lot of that whole like, is she going crazy? Is someone actually after her? Like, none of that was really happening. It was. It was all pretty evident from the beginning that something was was off here. Yeah. And I think that it certainly had some creepy moments. I didn't think that it was overly scary or anything like that, but yeah, uh, like you said, a lot of the, like the tone kind of the aesthetic feels very similar to a lot of these contemporary folk horror movies that we've been seeing for better and for worse. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did appreciate the ending. I did enjoy the way that it ended, but as did again, I. It's just unfortunately, it's just so much. Of this, like you said, it's very familiar. Um, although this, I appreciated some things in the in the storytelling aspects of it, it's just visually, just there wasn't much there for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like the setting too. I I
1: like the Netherlands oh, yeah. as a place. Oh, and also, how many horror movies do you get on the outskirts of a peat bog? That is true. Not a whole lot,
0: although it's kind of a creepy place, you know. So you gotta, maybe, yeah, maybe we you should gotta, maybe we should have more peat bog. Oh, you got it! Movies, bring
1: bogs back. Come on.
0: I feel like it's a good setting for a slasher movie too. You could have a you know, sort sort of like uh, sort of like Hatchet, like sort of like the Hatchet movies, where instead of somebody living in the New Orleans. In the bayou, you could have somebody living in the peat bog.
1: Living in the peat bog, they got themselves a flat edge uh, shovel because mm-hmm. they're always digging holes in the peat bog there, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll catch you out on the outskirts, you know, in the foggy trees there, and they will just chop that head off no, with that yep. uh, shovel.
0: There, there you go. There's a movie.
1: There's, there's a movie. I just wrote an entire franchise.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, that's really all I have to say about it. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be on Shutter. I think that Shutter is a good home for it because there's a lot of movies like this on Shutter that have been coming out recently. So I, I think that it definitely oh, yeah. fits within. Like, if you <laughs> oh, yeah. like, if you like a lot of the Shutter originals, this definitely fits in with with those Shutter movies <laughs> for sure. Like, de- it, I can't think of a better home for it.
1: That. And if you have yeah, a Shudder subscription
0: yeah. or an AMC Plus subscription, you can watch it for free. So it's it's not waste. It's not a waste of time. I no. I did enjoy myself with it. It's just that at the at, by the end of the year, am I going to remember what happens in this movie? No, I, I don't think no. I am. It's already fading. And, and I think yeah. that that I mean, I don't necessarily think that that's a knock against the movie per se. I think that it's just that someone like me who watches all of these movies, they just they all feel so similar that they begin yeah, they begin to bleed together. So anyway, that is uh Moloch. Uh all right, what do you want to give this out of ten?
1: I give it like a five, five and a half.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm sitting to five. I think yeah, like a five and a half for me. I'd say slightly above average. Yeah. It's well acted. It is competently shot. decent story there's n- no major gripes with it all right let's move on and talk about the roundup this is a directed by lee sang young i have a synopsis here the beast cop is back followed by ma Do, who heads to a foreign country to extradite a suspect however he discovers additional murder cases. And learns about a killer who had committed crimes against tourists for many years. Now, this is a sequel of, co- of sorts. I don't know what the movie is that it's a sequel to. The movie
1: that it's a sequel to is called The Outlaws. The Outlaws. Which is a, it's okay. A, which is available on Tubi. Ah,
0: okay. Nice. Well, that's good because I was looking for it. Like, I knew that it was the same character. But I couldn't figure out like what what movie it was. I only did a very cursory sort of, sort of uh, check on it. When you when you look at uh, Ma Dong-suk's filmography, there's like a few movies
1: <laughs> that could fit the bill. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was like, uh, I'm not sure which one of this is. At any rate, it, it, this is something that I, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, take advantage for people that might not know this. Well, in the letterbox, if you go to the film's page, if you scroll down, there's that section related films. Oh, yeah. And that'll usually tell you if, you know, if it's a part of a series or if it's a sequel, that type of thing. That's how I found out. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I see that. Nice. And there's an Outlaws 3 coming.
0: Well, that's cool because I liked this movie quite a bit. I haven't seen the original, so I can't speak to this as a sequel, but... Looking at, at, at it as a standalone action film, I liked it quite a bit. I thought that there was a really nice balance of comedy, which was a surprise, and action, and also this kind of like procedural thriller, too, which is kind of, I, I kind of liked that aspect of it as well. Like a big part of this, like it says in the synopsis, he ends up having to go to Vietnam. So a lot of it is like trying to it's like them trying to to tiptoe around jurisdictions and stuff like that. And like just like kind of bureaucracy almost to try to like make this work and solve these murders and get around the the, the Vietnamese police force and stuff, which I kind of like that, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like the way that this is constructed because it's not only that, but then, you know. The suspect at one point flees back to Korea, Mm -hmm. and they have to follow him back there, which I thought was a nice little twist.
0: Yeah, there's lots of twists and turns in this, which is pretty fun. Uh, I think that uh, Ma Dong-suk is a badass. He's a complete badass in this. He's a badass, and I, I like everything that I've seen him in. I haven't seen a ton of his movies, but I've seen like maybe four or five. And I like him in everything he's in. He's probably most known for Train to Busan, at least here here in the West, or Eternals, yeah. the the Marvel movie, which I didn't see. Um, but he's awesome in this. Now, this is like a pretty, this is a pretty standard action movie. But the the, the thing I like about him is that he's just a he's like a tank. You know, he's just yes. so, he's just such a huge dude. And with a lot of these modern. Martial arts action movies, you have, you know, relatively athletic, skinny dudes that are doing lots of yeah. flips, flip, <laughs> flippity dips, and acrobatics and stuff. Whereas nah. Ma is, he's more like, um, like Bud Spencer. Like, where I
1: want, I need him. I need him. I need them to find a Terrence Hill for this guy. Yeah. And I need 40 <laughs> he, movies.
0: Yeah. He's, he's just a Bud Spencer where he's just a, like, his punches are, like, they're, like, atomic punches, and he, he doesn't have a lot of, like, you know, he's not doing flips and rolls and stuff like that, but he's, like, just destroying people left and right, just through his, yeah. sh- just through sheer force. And I yes. like that. I think that that's, you know, it's something different, and I really liked the, just the choreography in this movie in general. I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, I think, I, th- I think there's something to be said about that kind of character in an action movie where you just have a big bulky dude who's a tank and you essentially just give him superhuman strength and he's just kind of like a, a big teddy bear. And it's yeah, fun. Yeah. It's always fun. It's always fun. You always want to see this guy have a good time and also beat the shit out of people.
0: And I, and I think that a lot of it goes to his personality, like the the way that this character is. Like he's just he's funny. Like he's just a funny dude in this. And to see him interacting with criminals and stuff like that, and even interacting with his with his uh is it the captain? Yeah, the, the captain who goes along with him to Vietnam. Just the banter between the two of them, that was kind of surprising. Was like the amount of comedy in this that. I thought I thought this movie was like genuinely funny. Like I oh, yeah. I I really found it to be entertaining. Not just the fight scenes, but the in-between parts as well.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean it's just this is just a classic setup where you just again, you have a guy that's just he's not really athletic. He just punches and kicks really fucking hard. <laughs> just incredibly mm-hmm. hard. And You know, of course, he's the type of cop that just does things his own way. And everyone else is just kind of like, oh, we got to bring this guy in. Like, ah, shit. He's beating up the suspect again. God damn it. Can you stop? And he doesn't. He doesn't stop. He just does what he does. And everyone's kind of like, ah, man. It's kind of fucked up that he's doing that, but he's getting the job done. Which, of course, you know, this movie, you know, they make the, the bad guys, like, super fucking bad so you have no like moral quandary you're just oh, like yeah. yeah excessive force <laughs> go for it buddy especially the main the main
0: perp that they're that they're trying to track down the killer in this like he's he's like straight up evil like he he's a he's yeah, an evil s o b
1: he's a state, you know he's essentially a supervillain. and ma is a superhero it's just not presented in that way but i mean that's what it, like, and i don't understand when this happened but action movies—does there have to be a fight on a bus all the time? Every <laughs> like, what? When did that happen?
0: I don't know, but I don't—I don't really care because uh, at least in I, this
1: <laughs> in this movie it worked. Because yes. <laughs> I thought like at first with the 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 bus fight, you know, I'm like, god damn it, they're doing another bus fight. Here we go. But uh, I like how they use the superhuman strength for the bus fight because it's ridiculous. There's a lot of things that happen that are just outrageous. Mm They're just so much fun. It just kind of takes it over the top, and just makes this a lot more fun than it than it could have been. You know what I mean? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. It could have been really generic. I mean, when you like the 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 title, the poster, like it all just kind of looks generic. But I think the the script in this case, and the dialogue specifically, did help it. Did help elevate it beyond just like your kind of generic south korean action movie
1: yeah and i gotta say you know as a as a sequel that i didn't know was a sequel at the time of watching it you know learning after the fact it's successful in that like i was immediately like thinking to myself well i, I want to see the outlaws i have to see that oh yeah no i a hundred percent i might even watch it today i don't even know
0: like i <laughs> I, I, I definitely need to see that
1: just imagine you saying those things, and you're you know your back's turned to the TV, and you already have it pulled up on Tubi. It's queued <laughs> up. It's ready to go. Uh, hopefully, it has subtitles. Oh yeah, hopefully, we'll see. We <laughs> will see.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the release schedule, what the what the release schedule for this one is. Something tells me that uh, Well Go's probably going to put this out in the U.S. because it, <laughs> it definitely feels like a WellGo release to me. But yeah, we will, uh, we'll see. I don't, I, I guess at some point, The Outlaws came
1: out here if it's on Tubi. Yeah. I think that's another thing for me is that I always forget about Ma as a as an actor because like as soon as, I didn't know he was in this movie. I, I had no idea what this movie was about. It just sounded like a good, you know, Korean action film. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw that he was the main character, I was like, oh yeah, I need to watch more of his stuff. He's
0: awesome. He was in this. I think if you saw um, the gangster, the cop, the devil, that that's one that I think you'll be really into. Where he plays, he plays like a a mobster guy, and he teams up with a cop, and they're going after a serial killer.
1: Yeah, I just need him punching people incredibly hard in the face or the chest, just bashing them up. Yeah, because essentially the, the the concept is. He's a tank. Everyone else is just kind of like little kids. It's like a like like a grown man beating the shit out of kids.
0: I like the idea of I like the idea of an actor just playing this same character in pretty much every movie where he's basically one punch man, where he's just unstoppable. Nobody can hurt him, <laughs> nobody can kill him. He just
1: wins. Yeah. Like he just destroys everyone. Which is funny because normally that's a that's a criticism that I kinda have with some movies where I'm like, oh, you know, like the stakes it never felt like there were stakes there. And that's the kinda how this movie was, is I never felt like it, to me he was invincible. I never once thought that he was anything was gonna happen to him. But it still works for me because I'm just so excited. Like when he inches closer to engaging someone in a fight, I'm just like, Yeah, he's gonna kick the shit out of this is awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right. Um, so that is the roundup for this one. I'm thinking like uh, I'm going to give it like a probably like a seven. Seven yeah. feels
1: right to me. It does. It feels real good.
0: Definitely keep a lookout for this one. Uh, I'm sure that it, at some point it'll it'll come out. I don't know it, in what capacity, but yeah. All right. Let's move on to talk about some of what we've been watching. I think it's your turn this week, Kevin.
1: okay, I'm here to talk about Triple R, Rise, Roar, Revolt, the indie movie that everyone was talking about on Twitter. So I finally got around to checking this out. This is on Netflix, a little over three hours long, and I think that was the thing that kept me from it. But then I finally just said, I'm doing it. Gonna do it, Kevin. And uh, holy shit, I'm so glad I did. This fucking movie, I don't know the last time I had so much goddamn fun. Uh, you want to talk about ridiculous action? This thing is Incredible just incredible uh, the first uh, fight sequence as uh, Ram Charan as a Well, I'll go back. This is it's about two like actual revolutionaries from India's history that never actually met. So the the idea of this movie is just like, hey, what if these two guys met and fought side by side? And it just has the the British being uh, just evil as hell, and just these two kicking the shit out of every single British person, and it's incredible. I think this should be done more often. This like kind of historical fiction, and. The, the first fight sequence is him, Rom, going into a this crowd that's just like on the verge of, of rioting. It's just like thousands of people. And he's trying to catch one guy that threw something. And he has to fight the whole way through the crowd to get this guy and arrest him and bring him back. So it's him fighting thousands of people with just a baton. And it's unbelievable. It's just incredible. And then... The other revolutionary beam by NT Ramo He He infiltrates like the British, like the, their whole compound. And you know that he's getting ready to fight because they're doing a whole thing leading up to it with the truck and everything. But the moment that the, the truck opens and he comes out with a torch in each hand and accompanying him is Tigers and leopards and cheetahs <laughs> I, it, like at that moment you're just like this is this is incredible like i don't i don't know what i'm going to see next and i love it and it just continues from there it's just everything is just over the top and it's incredible
0: well this is definitely on my watch list near the top i gotta i have to see
1: this it's so fucking good i love it so much I
0: might try to squeeze squeezes this in before next week. Uh, that's RRR on Netflix, so check it out there. Wait, you said it's on Netflix?
1: Yeah, on oh, oh, Netflix. Interesting. There's a whole bunch of other. I always forget that Netflix has a huge uh, Indian cinema. Opera, yeah. And I gotta I gotta fix that because, uh, in terms of like action movies, from what I've seen now, it seems like the kind of like, over-the-top action that you're looking for, India's doing it. Nice. Uh,
0: Alright, speaking of action, I saw Thor Love and Thunder. Caught this on, on Sun last Sunday after we recorded, actually. Um, directed by Taika Waititi. This is, yeah. You know, if you saw the last Thor movie, Ragnarok, this is uh, very similar in tone and aesthetic, where they kind of took this more kind of heavy metal, like 70s-inspired approach to the Thor franchise. And, you know, they, they play a lot of, like, Guns N' Roses and stuff and have that, like, kind of colorful D&D kind of inspired imagery. But it's also presented very comedically. So this one is is very funny, just like the last one. I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok. In fact, I thought that this one was, like, several steps down it was okay, but it really, I thought it was pretty disappointing to be honest. Like there, there just wasn't a lot here for me to grasp onto. Like it didn't feel like it was a complete product. It just felt like it was another stepping stone in the larger Marvel cinematic universe. So I don't know, man, I was just a little bit disappointed with it, I guess. Uh, Christian Bale plays the bad guy in here and he's creepy looking and I guess he's kind of cool. But like the whole premise here is that this guy gets this sword that can, that has the, the ability to kill gods. So he's going around killing, killing gods left and right. And Thor decides he's going to stop him. And yeah, you know, it's, it's all right. Russell Crowe plays Zeus in this. So that's cool, I guess. It definitely has its moments, but I just think it's a step down from the last one.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. I see. uh another uh Netflix offering that I watched is Paul Sorrentino's The Hand of God from uh from last year. Finally got around to this one. It takes place in the eighties as a fucking young guy. It's just kind of like going through his life, you know it's just and I gotta say like at the beginning of this, I kind of like the 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 meandering nature of it just kind of like kind of just reminiscing, really about like his family and stuff just these these little moments here and there, but there comes a certain point where his something happens to his parents and the 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 guy becomes more so the main character than he already was. It becomes mostly solely focused on him. And he's just kind of not really knowing what to do from here. And for some reason, he's just like, I guess I'm going to be a filmmaker. Which just feels weird. Um, Well, this is an autobiographical film. Yes. Which, I mean, I don't know. Just in terms of that, I'm just kind of like, oh. So it just makes me think of Sorrentino differently, knowing this. Because my takeaway from this movie is just like, the only defining aspect of this this kid, this uh, you know, what college age guy, is that he really wanted to fuck his aunt. That was it. Like that's it. And then at one point he's just like, ah, I think I'm gonna be a filmmaker, and the movie over.
0: Well, I think and I got
1: I think I got more out of it than you did.
0: I really liked I this. It. Movie. I, yeah, I I can tell you, I saw I saw your, I I saw your score on Letterboxd. I really like this movie. I think this was my number one movie of last year, actually. Um, Wow. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I really, it just really hit an emotional chord with me. Like I just, I was just enthralled with this movie, but you know, I I think that if you don't connect to the main character, and I think that he is a hard person to connect with, um, or I think if you're, if you're trying to connect with the main character, I should say, then I think that this would, would be a struggle for you because I don't think he's particularly an endearing person or even he's likable.
1: Not even, he's not even interesting. I think is the 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 problem. Yeah, it's uh just he wants to fuck his aunt. That's it. That's it. Well, yeah, but I, I didn't really
0: have a problem with that. I I didn't. I just didn't. I didn't really care about that as much as just the overall. Just the overall story. I thought that the, the, the you know, the first half I thought was very funny. And I love see that, the, the dynamic yeah, that they had as a family. I think that's
1: the thing that sucked is I think that 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 transition was just too much for me because I did enjoy like his family, especially his parents, and just the moments with his family, because I'm like, man, his his family is really, really interesting. And then there's this whiplash of like, okay, we're not focusing on them anymore. more. We'll focus on Fabietto, and you're like this guy. In terms of, he's like the complete opposite of the rest of his family. Like, there's not an interesting thing about him.
0: Yeah, I think in a lot of ways his personality was defined by his family, and after that, you know, tragedy that that befalls him, he's just even more lost than before. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, it sucks that 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 it didn't work for you, but I I liked it. I, I but I I do. Completely understand why it's a movie that, for many many people, it just will not resonate with them because it is over two hours and it does meander. There's not like, you know, a specific arc that that occurs or anything like that. But yeah, I I, I didn't mind any of that. I liked it. I saw the Flying Luna Clipper from 1987. This is uh, directed by Iko Ono. Uh, This is a, this is kind of a weird one. It's um, a, it's a film that was animated using an MSX computer and it was sort of like, kind of like a, it was an experimental film and Sony, I guess, helped produce it. And it was a movie that was kind of lost media for a while. There were it it did come out um in Japan and it was like on Laserdisc, I think. And but for a long time there was no digital transfer until someone like found a copy of it at like a thrift store or something and then digitized it. And it's on YouTube now, so you can watch it. It's a really bizarre film about a this flying airship and you or a passenger on this airship and then you're watching like the in-flight entertainment. So it's like different w- shows and things like that. I It's really hard to explain, but it's, uh it's got really amazing music. I love the music and I love the animation. I'm a huge fan of this like kind of 16 bit era, of like computer games. Like it reminds me of like Sierra adventure games or something like that. So I was really into it, but it's not a movie that you can just like sit down and watch and just enjoy from start to finish. It's like just because it's so random and none of it really makes any sense, but I don't know. As an experiment, I thought it was interesting. So Again, you can see it on YouTube. It's called the Flying Luna Clipper. Oh, and it's only fifty-five minutes long, so it's not like, you know, it's a it's a big time commitment or anything either.
1: Yeah. Wow. And incredible. like to
0: this day, like not a whole lot is known about it. It's a very strange film.
1: Unbelievable. Uh, the only other thing I saw was the Bob's Burger burgers movie
0: i also saw this
1: this week which is on hulu and hbo max nowadays so you can watch it on air and uh i'm a huge bob's burgers fan but this was fine i liked it like it was it was good you know but like in terms of like if i just think of it as like another episode in the show it's not one of the best episodes it's a good episode yeah but there's a lot, uh, there's a lot of uh, better examples of Bob's Burgers out there. But yeah, I thought, fine.
0: I thought it was fine too. I I liked the. I mean, there there was definitely a bump up in anima- the animation quality.
1: Yes, like it yeah.
0: looks really good, the way yeah, that it's animated.
1: You could, yeah, you can tell like right off the bat where you're like, oh okay, do I, 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 you can tell they had a bigger budget. Yeah, you know there's like a
0: lot more like movement like articulation in how yeah. they move. I thought that was kind of cool.
1: But yeah, like in terms of story and everything, it's just, it was, it was fine. You know, if the, if you're a Bob's Burgers fan, obviously you're going to seek it out. You're going to watch it. And I don't think you're really going to be too disappointed. Uh, if you're not a Bob's Burgers fan, A, there's no reason for you to watch this. And B, this isn't going to convert you. That's kind of how I feel about it. I
0: I enjoyed it. I I don't think it was like on the same level as the Simpsons movie. Like, I feel like the the Simpsons movie was just like it just elevated everything. And this does, in a lot of ways, feel like a long, just a longer, better, like higher quality episode. Yeah. I still thought it was really funny. There there were still a lot of scenes that made me laugh quite a bit, usually involving Tina. But Tina's always will always be my favorite character.
1: Without a doubt, for me it's Tina, Tina and Teddy. <laughs> Teddy, I fucking love Teddy. Uh, yes, good stuff. Uh, I saw the Black
0: Phone, which is out now on VOD. Uh, this is the horror film directed by Scott Derrickson. If you're not familiar, this takes place in the '70s, and it's about a serial killer who is going around this this small town. And kidnapping boys and and murdering them and the main character is the latest victim and he gets put into this basement soundproof basement and there's like a mattress there's a bathroom and there's a a black phone hanging on the wall that's disconnected well what happens is the phone starts to ring and it is the on the other end is the voice of the other boys that he murdered and Mm. these. So, so basically the ghosts of the other boys are trying to help this kid escape from this, uh, this basement and each of them tried a different thing to get out and obviously they failed, but they learned from what they did. So they use that to help him. try to try to escape. Ethan Hawke plays the killer in this. And he has these like really creepy masks that he wears throughout the whole movie. Um, Very creepy, like really creepy. Um, I really, really liked this movie. I thought it was really good. Felt very. Now it is based on a Joe Hill story Um, as such. I feel, I feel like Joe Hill and Stephen King are sort of, intertwined at this point like a lot of joe hill stories feel very inspired by stephen king so this whole movie had a stephen king vibe to it which i love mm-hmm. and it it you know it's it takes place in the 70s so not only does it have that kind of creepy 70s like i think that any movie that any horror movie that takes place in the 70s is just inherently a little bit more creepy like for some reason like i don't know why but i feel like the 70s was just the creepiest decade and now it it has that but it also has that sort of Stephen King almost Amblin vibe where you have like you know friends riding their bikes in the suburbs and you know it's the summertime and like it just has that kind of vibe to it and it has a really great soundtrack almost feels like the soundtrack is inspired by Dazed and Confused because there's there's some overlap there. But uh, yeah, I really like this movie a lot and I, I definitely recommend it. And there's a lot of really kind of creepy moments to it as well. So check it out. The Black Phone. I'll keep
1: that in mind. I was kind of interested yeah, I think, I in think,
0: this one. Yeah, I think you'll like it. And, and, you know, Scott Derrickson did Sinister. There is some there, there are some sequences in this that are shot. I don't know if they're shot on 8mm. It looks like 16, but there is like some kind of like grainy, like really creepy things that, that happen. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's all I got.
0: All right, I got a, I got a few other things that I'll rattle off here real quick. I've I've been having a my my cinema. My love for cinema cinema's being reinvigorated recently. So I've been cracking on a lot out. of stuff. Uh I saw Lady Street Fighter, and yes. I followed that up with Run Coyote Run. Now, the main movie that I wanted to see was Run Coyote Run, but I knew that it was like sort of a sequel to Lady Street Fighter, so I decided to watch them both. Uh, they're both absolutely atrocious in every way, but they're both kind of fascinating to watch. Uh, Lady Street Fighter came out in 1981. And it's uh, directed by James Bryan, stars Renee Harmon, and she just plays this this woman who is, uh, her, finds out that her sister was murdered, and she's going after the, the mobsters who killed her sister. It's a super basic premise, really nothing in it, not a lot in it makes sense, uh, but it, it's just this uh, kind of cheesy exploitation film. It's just trying to cash in on the whole, like, uh, you know, grindhouse trend that that was occurring back then. Now, the more interesting title is Run Coyote Run. This came out in or it was originally shot in 1987 and it was never finished and it was lost. It was lost media and in 2014 someone found it in the trunk of a used car and mm-hmm. the and James B- Bryan was able to take the footage and complete it and yes. how how he completed it was by splicing in scenes from Lady Street Fighter and like I think two, maybe two other movies that he made So what you end up with is this 72 minute hodgepodge of like new stuff mixed with old stuff. And it is so bizarre to watch it. Like, I can't believe that this is like an actual product Um, because the new footage is shot on video. So you have this like horrible VHS footage mixed in with like this crappy film stock footage and he tries, I mean, he tries to like come up with a new story. Renee Harmon comes back and she plays another sister. She, so she's a, a, a third sister and the, the woman, the, the character from lady street fighter gets killed in this one. And now this third sister is a psychic cop and she's trying to find the murderers of her other sister. So, um, nothing in it makes sense whatsoever. Like it is the most nonsensical, just random. Like you'll see a scene where there's like a car chase and it's like, it's like Renee Harmon in the car. And then they cut away and come back and it's like two dudes in the car. (laughs) Like nothing makes sense at all. Um, but, it's just kind of fascinating to watch at the same time. So Christ. that's run coyote run. I love movies that are like lost and then found so, like I, oh, the, yeah. the, the whole concept of lost media just fascinates me. So anytime I hear about one of these movies, I just instantly like I have to watch it like Grizzly 2. Like this has been on my watch list for a while now, but I saw that Fandor had it and I, I recently signed up for a trial with them. So yeah. So that's Run Coyote Run again. It, it, as far as I know, it's only on Fandor, but yeah, you can see it on there. Wow. The last one that I'll mention is The Dark Backward.
1: This oh, is, boy.
0: This is on 2B.
1: Oh, boy. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, I tried to watch this, and I think I made it, like, maybe halfway through, and I just I couldn't do it anymore. It's just too fucking disgusting for me.
0: It is, uh, so... What this is, it's a dark comedy. It's a dark, gross-out comedy directed by Adam Rifkin. It's one of his first movies, and it features, It stars Judd Nelson, Bill Paxton, Wayne Newton, Laura Flynn Boyle, James Kahn, and Rob Lowe. And it... Judd Nelson plays this comedian who inexplicably grows a third arm out of his back. And... His best friend is Bill Paxton and he tries to like get him famous and it is like, it is super gross, but it's just such a bizarre movie. I kind of love these like nineties movies that have this like just crazy aesthetic Mm -hmm. where it's like, everything is super colorful, but like also covered in trash. Like Everything is just, just garbage everywhere. Just yes, non just garbage. Every scene is just covered in garbage and everybody's dirty all the time. Like they're just covered they're in sweating. silk. Sweating.
1: Yeah. Sweaty. Oh yeah. They're all, yeah. They're so
0: they're all sweaty all the time. It's a, Actually, it, yeah. yeah. So it's a really, really gross movie. It's not good. It's just bizarre. Like it's just it's, weird. No, it's, it's just it's weird funny. that it exists.
1: Yes, I think that's the main thing is that the, the you're just like this, this can't be real. There's no way that this is real. And you almost have to watch it to see if it actually is real. And yeah. I came to the conclusion that it was and I had enough. Yeah, it's I just, it's I couldn't take it anymore. I think it was like a little bit after Bill Paxton like humps a dead body in a garbage pile.
0: No, that's like towards the beginning.
1: Where like yeah, where like he's like licking nipples and stuff. Yep, yep. And it's just like "Ah, I'll give it a little bit more, and it just didn't really go anywhere after that. And I was like, Nah, I, I, got it. I got it. I see. I see who's in it. I see what they're doing. That's enough.
0: Yeah, and and I think that that's really, it's 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 not an enjoyable movie to watch or anything like that. I think that there is a certain cult status that this movie has, and I I could see there being fans of it. I'm not one of them. Eh, But it's it's just wild, man. It's just a weird, wild movie. Yeah. (laughs) Like James Kahn in it. Like what? So weird. Just so bizarre. Anyway, it's insane. It's on Tubi, so you can check it out there. And the transfer is like not horrible. Like it's not great. I think it's a it's a DVD transfer. It was released on DVD way back. For before then, it was it was out of print. Like you couldn't find it anywhere. And then they—I can't remember what company put it out on um, DVD in like 2004 or something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're looking for a '90s gross-out comedy that's not funny at all.
1: You can check out the dark backward. Yeah. If you're looking for filth, filth and trash Mm. and sweaty people. Yeah. All right, let's
0: take a look at what we have in theaters this week. There's a biggie. Nope. Oh. You excited for Nope? Oh, I am. Me too. I did not
1: know that that was happening next weekend.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Well, it's a biggie. Yep, very excited for this. I tried to avoid any kind of anything about this i want to go in cold i do know it's about aliens i think but maybe yeah maybe maybe aliens maybe something else something in the sky we know that but yeah i i pretty much avoided all trailers and stuff i, I did see one i think it was in i went to see a movie and i think that it was there's a the trailer before that but mm, maybe it's about pterodactyls <laughs> funny If it was actually it was it was actually a Jurassic World sequel (laughs) in disguise. Be incredible. Uh, Yeah, so that's pretty much it for theaters. VOD this week. Got a number of things. Uh, Beginning on the 19th, we have Facing Nolan, which is a documentary about Nolan Ryan. Ooh,
1: okay.
0: You a Nolan Ryan fan? I am. Uh, let's see what else. On, on the 21st, we have This is Guar. That's going to be on Shudder. That's the uh, documentary about Guar. I would actually recommend that. It's pretty good. I'm not even a fan of Guar necessarily, but I like the doc. Well made. Also on the 21st, we have He's Watching. That's a uh, horror, horror title that looks kind of interesting. On the 22nd, we have Alone Together. That's uh, some kind of pandemic. There's already... A, a movie called Alone Together. That's the, the Charlie XEX one is called Alone Together. It's also a pandemic movie. Come up with your own titles, guys. Come on. Also, on the 22nd, we have Anything's Possible. That's going to be on Amazon Prime. Infrared. It's like a horror movie. We have The Wheel and The Gray Man on Netflix. That's playing in theaters right now. That's the one with Ryan Gosling. We talked about it last week. We have The Nan Movie. If you're a fan of that Nan character, which I've never really seen Catherine Tate, I guess it's a British thing, shit for VOD, number of things to look into, I'd say. On Blu-ray this week, we have God Told Me To, which is going to be on 4K, coming out 4K, 1976. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I would recommend that. Uh, Men in Black getting a 4K release. Marty from 1955, starring Ernest Borgnine. We got the Bob. Oh, yeah. Got the Bob's Burgers movie coming out 4K. Uh, Adventures of Don Juan from 1948. I believe that's an Arrow Flynn. Good Burger from 1997, 20, oh, yeah. 25th anniversary edition coming out. Watch out! Hell High from 1989. That's coming out on Arrow. Hell high. That's uh, that's what I'm gonna have to look into for sure. Gamer from 2009, starring Gerard <laughs> Butler. <laughs> nice. Oh boy, the Wedding Planner from 2001. Duel is coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, Arrow is releasing RoboCop in 4K. Uh, let's see, The Righteous is also coming out on Arrow. That's from 2021. Raging Fury from 1989. That's also going to be on Arrow. I think I've seen Raging Fury. The Sacred Spirit from 2021. That's also going to be on Arrow. The Necrophiles from 1997. 1997. Uh, Requiem for a Village from 1975. Uh, the The Good Lord Bird from 2020. An American Werewolf in London from 1981 is coming out in 4K. That's also on Arrow. And Zombie Island Massacre from 1984. And that's about it. What about Criterion's
1: this week? We got two double offering. Uh, Ahamaguchi's Drive My Car from 2021. Remember when everyone had Drive My Car fever?
0: I never even... Yeah, I do. I, I still haven't even seen it. So I haven't either. It's on my list. I do want to see it, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet.
1: So that's getting that's getting the Criterion treatment, and then Carl Franklin's "Devil in a Blue Dress" with uh, Denzel Washington and Jennifer Beals.
0: Well, there you go. All right, coming cool. out.
1: Yeah, that's Check good. Those out. That's, yeah, I like that.
0: All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at Kevin. And if you have a minute, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That would be great. I'm Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.